Heavenly Father, we humbly approach your throne. I pray that you bless this ministry, bless this message. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 19 for the reading of the scripture. And Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan's Saul's son delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art. And I will communion, commune with my father of thee and what I see that I will tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee were very good. For he did put his life in his hands and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it and did rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore as the Lord liveth, he will not be slain. Now remember in the last chapter that David and Jonathan made a covenant with each other. And Jonathan and David's soul are knit together. Why is that? Because they are both they are both accepted by God. That's why their souls are knit together. You know, God has anointed David and God has put Jonathan in a position to help David. Everything's working out for God's team and his plan. And the plan of God is simple. To make David the king of Israel. That's the plan. And God's going to get what he wants. Alright? And we're seeing right now how God is maneuvering moving pieces and setting stuff up to get what he wants. Here we go. And Jonathan called David and Jonathan showed him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul and he was in his presence as in times past. And there was war again and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter. And they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand. 
and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin to the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Now it seems like that every time David is in the presence of Saul, Saul is trying to put a javelin in his body. Now that ain't right. Now just earlier remember that that Saul said that he would not try to take the life of David. Apparently he forgot about that promise that he made to Jonathan. But this ain't the second time or the third time that Saul had did something that was uh, not honorable. You know, earlier on in a couple of chapters back, we know that when Samuel asked Saul if he did what God asked him to do, Saul turned around and said, yeah, I did what God asked me to do. I'm paraphrasing. Knowing good and daggone well, he didn't do what God said. to. God told him to wipe out Alexa. And he didn't wipe them all out. He lied. So we know what kind of person Saul is at this particular time. Saul had also sent messengers into David's house to watch him, to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael told, and it took an image and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair for his boster and covered it with cloth. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. And Saul sent the messengers again to see David, saying, bring him up to me in bed that I may slay him. And when the messengers would come in, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for his boster. And Saul said unto Michael, What hast thou, why hast thou deceived me so, and sent away my enemy that he is escaped? And Michael answered Saul, He said unto me, Let me go, why should I kill thee? So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel to Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel, he and Samuel went and dwelt in Naioth. And it was told Saul, saying, Behold, David is at Naioth, Naioth in Ramah, in Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of his prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. And when it was told, Samuel, he sent out messengers, and they prophesied likewise, and Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. Then went he also to Ramah, and came to a great well that is in Siku, and he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Naioth in Ramah. And he went thither to Naioth in Ramah, and the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naioth in Ramah. And he stripped off his clothes also and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and lay down naked all that day and all that night, wherefore they say it 
say is so also amongst the prophets. Wow, a lot of nuggets. A lot of nuggets, a lot of nuggets in this chapter. Wow. So let's analyze all this that we've read. The first thing that jumps out and grabs me is this. God has put together a team for David. And let's see who he's got on his team. We got Jonathan on the team, Saul's son. We got Miguel, or Michael, his wife. Okay? And we got Samuel, God's prophet. Now, it's apparent that Saul is a dishonest human being. And you can't trust nothing that he says. Because he told his son, Jonathan, that he would not try to slay David. But he lied. He's trying to slay him anyway. Because he sent his serpents out to kill him. Okay? But they were unsuccessful. And then when they found out that David was with Samuel, he sent his messengers to them. And then God stepped in. And you know what he did to his messengers? He made them prophesize. Now I wonder what they said. I can only speculate. And then when Saul came upon them, he did the same thing to Saul that he did to his messengers. But this time he stripped Saul of his clothing and made him lay down on the ground. You know what that means? He got exposed. Saul has been exposed. And God made Saul prophesize. We don't know what he said. But I got an idea what, he, what Saul said. I got an idea what the, what, the, what the messenger said. You know, I may be wrong. I'm speculating. That means what I'm about to say is not cement, cement scripture or a cement conclusion. You can reject it or you can accept it. But you know what I think they said? I think they said, you're messing with the wrong one. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. But you know something? I bet they said something like that. Now when we look at it all together, how many times have Saul tried to kill David? A couple times he's been in the presence of him and a couple times he tried to take a javelin and, and nail him with it. But he was unsuccessful. And some of y'all might think, okay, okay, that's all fine and dandy for them, but how can I apply that to 2020? Simple. Simple. When you are anointed by God, or when God has you a mission, He's going to give you a team. He's going to put together a team for you. A team of people that are on the same page that God is. Alright? Some churches, you know, they can get anybody doing anything they want them to do if they pay them. <laughs> if they pay them. Okay? And when you're paying people, they'll teach any doctrine you want them to teach. Even if it's wrong. 
long as you paint them. I probably should have said it, but it's true. However, authentic Christians that understand that the plan of God is very, very important, they're not going to make money their primary issue. Okay? If they feel that a church is delivering an authentic message, they're going to be part of that church. They're going to be part of that church. And they're going to do everything they can to assist that church in succeeding. All right? Okay? So uh, I might have uh, got off the railroad tracks a little bit, but let's go back to this situation with, with David. Even though David is anointed by God, God knew he needed a team. And we consider the fact that God has warriors and soldiers who are loyal to him. So David has everything he needs. Now you might say, well, Saul's the king, and he's got a whole bunch of folks, a big old army bigger than David's army. But guess what David has that Saul doesn't have? David has the anointing of God upon him, and Saul doesn't. So my conclusion is this, or my closing. Recognize those individuals who are on the side of God, the authentic Christians. Now we go back to the 19, chapter 19, what do we see here? We see that the plan of God is going to go into effect. But what about the spirit of evil? That people had the spirit of evil coming from God, and what's that all about? Well, number one, remember the anointing left Saul? And because the anointing left Saul, God's going to make sure that Saul and David don't come to terms with each other. Because if Saul and David comes to terms with each other, guess what? David may not never become king. So therefore, God sets it up so Saul is that mad at David. Even though Saul was already mad at David, he was already jealous of David because back in chapter 18, when they said that Saul killed his thousands and David killed ten thousands, that kind of started the problem right then and there. Because he was jealous and envious of David's accomplishments. But it really doesn't matter because guess what? God does not want Saul to be king. And since God doesn't want Saul to be king, he's not going to be king. Now technically he is king, but let me tell you something. There's a lot of folks who are in positions and God didn't put them there. Mm-hmm. God didn't put them there. So, let's bring this to a close and remember this. Don't be a long-ranger Christian. Join your church. Get out there. Ask God what you want, what he wants you to do. Because you might need to be somebody's Jonathan. Okay? You might need to be somebody's Samuel. And you might need to be somebody's Michael or Michael. 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 That's uh, David's wife. But whatever you need to be, you make sure that you are in a complete and total obedience to the will of God and you're not opposing the plan of God. Amen, amen, amen.